Hey everyone, this is Miss Akimoto with your next chapter of Threads. So, yesterday, uh, Yuming was on the bus and she was thinking about kind of home and how she wanted to go there. And Jing agrees that they should go to Shanghai, but Kai and Lee want to stay near Beijing because that's the life they've known too. You know, a lot of the themes of the story are family and, and home and where do you belong. And they're sort of at odds about that. But they just entered Sunma, which coincidentally is where Clara is. So this is chapter 24, July 8th, Sunma, Hebei Province, China. Clara. I press my forehead against the glass so mom and dad won't be able to see the tears that are trying to jump out of my eyes. They're still chatting away with the other couple, talking about hotel rates in Sunma, the kite festival, and the Canadian-Siberian husky back home. They're not paying any attention to me, and that's fine. Focus, Lola would tell me. Map it out. Hurry. How would you get there from the base of the gondola? I look out the back window, down the rolling hills, Sunma, and the tree-covered mountains. I can see the roof of the temple with its layers of curving red tile. There are the ponds where Lola watched the Chinese baby reaching for the koi fish. Beyond Sunma is the tiny rundown-looking village at the bottom of the valley. And up above it, just before the mountain juts straight into the sky, is a pink factory. Yuming's factory. Three of the four smokestacks spew exhaust into the sky. I whisper silent messages and try and force them through the air. I'm coming for you, Yuming. I'm coming. Being so close makes me feel frantic, just like I did right after Lola died. Once I found Yuming's picture and note, I started seeing Lola everywhere, and that had made the anxious feeling disappear. Now, knowing Yuming is so close but not being able to do anything for her yet, it makes my whole body want to explode. I imagine Lola standing next to me inside the cable car. I see her smile at me in a mischievous kind of way before she opens the sliding window. Her ghost-like image climbs out and up on top of the car. I cringe and my stomach feels suddenly like it's floating through air that's too thin. This is awesome, Lola calls down to me. I'm going to go check out the factory. I feel like yelling to Lola, even though I know she's not really here. Come with me, Lola says, peeking her head back into the window from above, her hair draping down like a black silky curtain. I look down all the way to the ground where doll-sized people are hiking on a trail. All right, scaredy cat, I'm going then. Lola leaps off the top of the cable car. She's flying, her arms outstretched, her hair blowing behind her. She turns her head back to me and smiles as she soars. I watch her getting smaller and smaller as she gets closer and closer to the pink factory. She lands right on top of it, just a tiny speck now. I picture her, transparent, ghostly, slipping through a doorway and into Yuming's sewing room. I see her sitting down next to the Chinese girl who's been stuck in a factory prison for who knows how long. The two girls are so similar in my mind. They're both bold and brave. They're so similar that they're almost the same person. I have a wild urge to climb out the window after the ghost of my sister. The ghost that I know isn't real. I feel like I'm going crazy. I squeeze my eyes shut and force myself to breathe. 
I switch seats so I'm next to mom, and she puts her arm around me. Beautiful views, huh? She says softly. And I know what she's really thinking is, Lola would have loved this. You okay, honey? I nod and I force myself to smile. Just tired, I say, leaning my head back against the hard plastic seat and closing my eyes. Jet lag. Unlike Lola's ghost, I can't skydive and I can't fly. I need a real life plan. That's what Lola would say if she were still here. You need a plan. Back on the ground, I walk ahead of mom and dad who are still talking to their new friends. Dad is carrying my dragon kite and I still feel like I'm floating in the cable car as I lead the way back toward the park. Up ahead, colorful kites dot the light blue cloud-laced sky. I didn't realize how well known this festival is, dad says to me, handing me my kite once we reach the park. He straightens out the gold ribbons on the dragon. Marcy and Mason told us they've been planning this trip here for months. Yeah, cool, I tell him absently, still thinking. Mom, Marcy, and Mason join us. What a great kite, Marcy says. Thanks, I say. The man over there made it. I point to where he's sitting, across the street from us. It does look like he sold a lot of kites, like his niece had predicted. She's nowhere in sight. I keep picturing Lola inside of Yuming's factory. I need to get to Yuming. So there's more going on tomorrow? I ask Marcy. Oh yes, I was just telling your mom and dad. Tomorrow morning there's a big kite ceremony with a 20 meter long dragon kite. Should be spectacular. I turn to my parents. We should stay for that, I say. I wish Lola were here to help me convince them. Instead, she's sitting side by side with Yuming in front of a sewing machine. We could stay in Sunma tonight. Oh, honey, I'd love that, Mom says. But all our stuff is back at the hotel, and anyway, I'm sure there aren't any rooms available. Hotels will have been booked far in advance. True, Mason pipes in. Unless you want to stay in the room next to us with no bathroom, he jokes. What do you mean? I ask quickly, picturing Yuming and Lola looking up from the sewing machine. Oh, apparently the room that joins up with ours doesn't have a working bathroom, Mason says. The only reason that we know this is because the Korean couple that booked it left in a huff. That's a shame, Mom says. The manager kept pointing to a washroom at the end of the hall, but they wanted nothing to do with that, Marcy goes on. And I don't blame them. They probably reserved the room ages ago. I look at Mom and Dad. Do you think that room is still available? I ask Marcy. I'd imagine so, she says. I don't know who would want to stay in a room with no bathroom. I bet you could get that room cheaply, Mason chimes in. Yeah, can we? I plead. I'm so close now. I have to get to Yuming. I have to save her. It could be fun, Dad says. But like Mom said before, we don't have any of our stuff. And we already paid for the room in Beijing. And no bathroom? Mom asks. But... But Lola would have loved this, I stammer. She loved the kite festival in Shanghai and the giant dragon kite. Remember how they had something like that at the other one? Remember how much she loved it? I remember, honey, mom says, but it just doesn't make any sense. We were going to have dinner at that restaurant near the hotel. And then tomorrow we're going to do the Beijing museums. But I need more time to save you, Ming, I want to scream. I'm sure my face is turning red and I'm trying not to cry. 
The adults are looking at me curiously. Mom glances at Marcy and Mason. She looks tired and like she doesn't feel like explaining everything that's happened to us in the past few months. Honey, she repeats sadly, it just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. The ashes, I say suddenly. Lola's ashes. I I might want to do something with them here. Tomorrow. The lies come easily. Lola loves the dragon at the kite festival, and I think I want to do something with her ashes. Marcy and Mason are staring at me, and Mom and Dad look like they're going to cry now, too. But tomorrow morning, I say, not yet. Mom nods slowly. She turns to Marcy and Mason. I'm so sorry, she says. Dad nods at her like he's relieved, and Mom turns back to me. Okay, sweetie. Let's go see if that room with no bathroom is still available. I realize I've been holding my breath and I exhale. Marcy and Mason look confused, but they lead us through the park under strings and soaring kites to an old building that says Sunma Village Hotel over the doorway. It's very historic, Marcy says awkwardly, like she's trying to make conversation. Gorgeous, Mom adds absently, studying me. Can I meet you out here? I ask, pointing to the hotel steps. Mom and Dad look at each other. Sure, Dad says. We'll be right out. You know where we are if you need us. I nod and sit down on the cool stone step, my blue dragon kite in my lap. That's the end. Come back tomorrow to see what happens.